Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 323, entitled... If you use more than 10 plugins on a site, you are a cad and a scoundrel. It's the sixth episode in our Thinking the Unthinkable series, and it was published on Thursday, the 20th of April, 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in a few short minutes by my friend David Wormsley so that we can have this chat. But before then, a couple of bits of housekeeping. If you like what WP Builds do, why not subscribe? Head to our subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there are all of the different social channels and the ways that you can subscribe. Join our email list. Alternatively, why not subscribe to us in your podcast player of choice? And if you're doing that, Give us a review, we'd really appreciate it, and it really does help broaden the reach of WP Builds. If you're in the market for some plugins or themes or blocks this week, why not check out our deals page, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, a searchable, filterable list with tons of coupon codes, so you may be able to save yourself a little bit of time. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits, to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP Builds. That's go.me forward slash WP Builds. And we really sincerely thank GoDaddy Pro for their continued support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, this week, the episode, like I said, is <laughs> If you use more than 10 plugins on a site, you are a cad and a scoundrel. This is clearly our idea of a bit of a joke, but there is this ongoing debate about the number of plugins that you use on a site. And you've probably logged into a client site that's just been handed to you to discover that there are 40 different overlapping plugins, many of them not needed, but still there. So we have that debate. What is the safe limit? Is there a safe limit? Do you just say, well, I'm only using WooCommerce, but have 30 extensions in there. What is the point of having all these plugins? Is there an upper limit that you like to say is the limit that you've reached. So yeah, there's absolutely loads to get into here and we hope that you enjoy this slightly light-hearted episode. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of our Thinking the Unthinkable series where we attempt to rationalize controversial views on WordPress and web design. Today's topic is if you use more than 10 plugins on your site, you are a cad and a scoundrel. <gasps> you cad and a scoundrel. It's as bad as it gets. You're a real gutter <laughs> snipe. <laughs> I know. This is real WP builds humour, isn't it? British <laughs> humour for really a chat about plugin strategy. Yes, yes. This, uh, this whole thing uh, came about because, well, do you, it, it's always a perennial debate, isn't it? The idea that if you go into a site and there's lots and lots and lots and lots of plugins, then yep. the person using it must basically be an idiot. That That's kind of how it goes. What, what a fool. Look at all these plugins. Why have they bothered to do that? Yeah, exactly. I think probably most of our listeners will know that really plugins are just a method of delivering the extra functionality to WordPress. So, you know, they can be as complex as uh, WooCommerce or as simple as the Hello Dolly plugin. So, you know, it's a silly debate really to be counting the numbers, but I think there's a great topic here though, because it's just fascinating to know what other people are using. And I've, you know, it, when I was in lots of these groups, I couldn't resist, but get involved in these kind of conversations about how many plugins you use. I think you're really good at this though, because especially more recently, I don't know what you were like, you know, a decade ago, but um, more recently you really are taking great pains to strip out everything that isn't absolutely required so i yeah. imagine your setup as of today would be very different from as of five six years ago 
Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm presently with my new WordPress as a static site generator using eight plugins active. So I I'm not an idiot. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're two less than being a cad and a scoundrel. Let's do that. Go on. Let's go through. What are the eight that you have selected as being important enough to keep? Oh gosh, I'll have to bring them up. So I know Simply Static is one of those. Yep. Um, Slim SEO is another. Um, Haha, <laughs> you've, you've caught. Well, actually, the one that I'm mostly using is WP Codebox at the moment. Okay. That is doing most of my work. And there's just a few other little things. There's Display Posts, a nice little plugin which allows you to very cleanly, um, you know, put within your theme or, or, or however you want to put it in WordPress um, your posts. And you can decide through short codes whether you have. Um, the featured image showing so i'm using all that and that's a, that's pretty much all i actually need there are yeah. some other things like migration plugins backup plugins yeah do you um do you deploy wp codebox as a way to if you like replace plugins as well as removing functionality does it serve both of those roles so yeah. can you point to something where you think okay what i've got as a snippet here is now replacing a plugin that i used to use but also other examples where, let's say, native WordPress features that you no longer wish to have, can you can you point to things in WP Codebox that you've done to do that as well? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it. You know, as I've really got into WordPress and I've learned more about it, I've been trying to reduce the plugins. So WP Codebox is allowing me via code to do things that a plugin, you know, simple functions that a plugin once would have done. I would now do it through that and it's also allowing me to remove things that i don't want in wordpress as well so you know it's cutting off certain things i might not want like emojis you know right. you might use a plugin if you didn't want emojis on your site so i use that so yeah it's a snippets plugin and um yeah it's really really useful for me it seems like you you do have in the back of your mind although we've completely invented the number 10 like that's <laughs> some sort of important metric it, it feels like you believe there is some limit where it is getting a bit ridiculous. If you're trying to get it down as much as possible, there must be a thought in your head which is, okay, that, that you can have too many. It is possible to do that. Yeah, I think, well, there's a, there's a lot of things with this. There's one, the fact that each of these plugins that well, not necessarily the case, but we'll get onto this actually for when we talk about strategies, but my concern is what's happened over the years is that um, plugin authors don't generally stick to one simple thing that they do. They, you know, because that's what people demand of them for their plugins to do more and more, you start to get an overlap, you know, so you might have your plugins that you really love, but they stop being the plugin that you originally selected they start becoming more and they sometimes do things that your other plugins did and you've got this constant battle with lots of different authors to you know keep updating and make sure that there's not conflicts and all of that that's the biggest problem i think isn't it for wordpress so kind of creep in the scope of what plugins do yeah. so you might have had i don't know you might have had a, a, a range of five plugins which achieve a certain arrangement of functionality and now you discover that one of those five now does what half of what another one did. And so it's time to go and find a different one, which you said that you can remove one and cover the remaining half. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? And they are always changing. Plugins, in my experience, tend to only get bigger, not smaller. It's probably yes. a, it's a bit of a kind of like a Moore's Law kind of thing. They get They get more features, not less. Yeah, and you can kind of prove this if you use something like WP Hive, which is a website which does some extra tests, if you like, automatic tests on WordPress plugins that are in the repository. And it saves tests that are done from earlier versions. So you can simply look at it and it shows you the sort of amount of RAM use that this plugin will use last time. And you can see nearly all of them are creeping to be more heavy over time. So there is that issue, isn't there? If you've got more plugins in, then, you know, you're going to increase the size of that. I do wonder, I wonder how bloat. many people actually keep a close eye on what, what the changelog of their plugins are doing. In yeah. the, you know, two years ago, you decided that you needed some functionality and you discovered that there was this plugin which did it. 
And ever since then, you've been happily clicking update, 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 update. And, you know, it, it entirely possible that your plugin has really exceeded what you need it to do. And it's now doing a whole bunch of stuff that you never really wanted it to do. But you, you've no idea that that's happening. I'm, I'm sure that's the case for me. Yeah, absolutely. You can't keep track of all the things that are going on change logs if you've got lots and lots of plugins going on. Um, now I've reduced it, I, I tend to look a lot more what's been altered on plugins than <laughs> uh, I didn't before. I mean, should we talk? Should we just talk about how? I, I for me, this is a history of uh, kind of how I've grown up in WordPress. But I think there are different approaches to plugins. Um, and we've listed these out here, which is like the, the first, the kind of newbie default, which is the kid in a candy store <laughs> approach to plugins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, this is still me. I still do this. I, I, can, I can happily just, I, honestly, David, I could spend an entire day just yeah. looking at the marketing materials and the feature list and pricing pages of plugins. Yeah. It, it, I would be a very happy person if that's all I had to do in my life is just look at look at pages because I'm always, always curious as to what people have come up with. And yeah. it still baffles me what's possible with WordPress. You know, you see this panoply of different things that's possible. Whether or not I actually go to install them, what I've tended to do these days is if I have the urge to go and play with something, I, I use local. I just put something yeah. on a local site. I have a completely vanilla site, spin up a brand new one, give it the name of the plugin. So that site's called, I don't know, wppplugin.com or whatever. And just go and play with it for a bit. And, and typically then I just dispose of that site after half an hour. But I am yeah. I'm really, I am like the kid in the candy store still. But I get, I have a strong feeling that you're not, you're resisting this urge. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's plugins that brought me to WordPress. I mean, you know, all this fun, this dynamic web that I could get into because of WordPress, that was the excitement. And, and much of that came through the plugins. So, you know, I still think it's one of its biggest selling points, but also, you know, kind of the area where it, it, there is the most danger with it. And I still have this issue with clients. I mean, most of them are pretty good now because I asked them to please talk to me before you just install a plugin because they really, they do, they have a tendency to do the same, you know, as yeah. I did, they install them and they will just leave them there and they've, they've even forgotten yes. why they installed it. <laughs> so this, this is wrong yeah. for so many reasons, isn't it? Not only because really you shouldn't have things in there that are not being used, but also it, who knows what kind of security yeah. posture that creates you know you've no idea whether that plugin has been updated you've no idea who's created that plugin and what amazing stuff it's doing and we, there are histories of plugins breaking things and hacks being performed on plugins which are then updated but unless you're going in and checking them i guess if you're using something like main wp or something like that you can slightly sidestep that problem in that you can keep them yeah. updated automatically yeah. But it's better not to have things in there that the client just thought would be fun, but never actually yeah. implemented. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, what's happened with uh, one client I can think of who installed stuff because it's a WooCommerce site. They think, ah, I, I'll add this in because it will work in what the description says it will do. But what they don't know is that actually it won't do it because they're product pages are actually coming via the page builder and this assumes this plugin assumes uh, that it's the default setup for for uh, WooCommerce and things like that so they can easily break sites you know with with not understanding what these plugins are actually doing and how they work and do you remember a couple of years ago I say a couple of years it may, maybe it's longer maybe it's shorter but there was a plugin which completely overnight I think it was bought by somebody and then this plugin, which did one thing really well, if memory serves, it had something to do with gravatars or, you know, images, image mm -hmm. avatars. And then yeah. you clicked update and suddenly it had become like a a completely different thing. It was like an LMS or a membership plugin. And it just, what? <laughs> how did how did that happen? 
Um, and this is important. You know, that needs to be tracked. And unless the community had shouted loudly about it, which they did, that would have been, I'm imagining, entirely missed. Uh, and it's always happening. In fact, one of the plugins that I forgot to mention that's in my new stack is WP Migrate, which has only just recently become a full migration plugin that works with WP Local um, because I guess that's what they needed, um, something that did it. But originally it was it was bought and it was just a database backup plugin. And is, <laughs> and is WP Migrate, is that... Is that oh, is it migrate? Sorry, actually, I might have the wrong name. Let yeah, because I, I've actually used one of those migrate plugins in the recent past. And I believe some of them have got like a limit on the amount, you know, you have to upgrade to the pro version or something. If your if your backup size is, I don't know, larger than 500 megabytes or something like that. So, yeah, we should probably get that one right, whatever it's actually called. Yeah, so there's a whole variety that. out there. But what's what's it called? Have you figured it out? Yes, it's here. It's WP Migrate. So I was right. WP Migrate Lite, which is just recently, it's owned by WP Engine. Yes, that's and the one. It, that's the one I was using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's now become useful to me. So it's a, it's a new plugin in my toolbox because it will now let me save more than just the database, which is what it originally did. But of course, it's now a different plugin to what it was. And I think that the biggest one for me was when the uh, coming soon plugin by Seedprod. Uh, was bought by um, Awesome Motif. And for years, nothing seemed to change. But overnight, it suddenly became a full-blown page builder um, <laughs> with with theming capabilities, oh. an entirely different plugin. Yeah. Mean, it still does the, the basic functionality, but there's all this extra code doing more, which really just isn't needed. It's kind of funny because in, in a sense, you know, the fact that if it still carried on doing the same thing that it did before, but they added in yeah. a whole ton of extra functionality, I can see the argument yeah. from the developers. Look, we're just giving you all this extra stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the fact is you don't really want the extra stuff. You don't want the membership plugin. You don't want the page builder or whatever it is that's been thrown in there. You just want it to keep doing the thing that you requested, <laughs> requested it to do. Can I ask yeah. you, going off piece a little bit, and probably this should, <clears throat> excuse me, this should wait until after we finish recording, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> does the WP Migrate Lite, does that allow you to migrate something from local to somewhere else, or does it have a special attachment to WP local? Uh, I don't know. It's oh, too okay. new. I haven't. I, yeah, I've just I've just installed it because I thought, oh, well, there's a, an integration between something I use. So I thought uh, I've just saved it at a few of my. I've done. I've saved things that are in local, so I've got a backup. Got it. <laughs> so I haven't added them back yet, but I know you can if you've got a live site, and then you can add it to local quite easily. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Okay, so you are still a kid in a candy store, then, aren't you? Check you <laughs> out. You, just, you saw the shiny new WP Engine WP Migrate Lite plugin, and you were all like, "Ooh, check it out, shiny!" I think, honestly, I think I must have been through every backup plugin there is. Yeah, going. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. Do you know what? That would be a whole episode by itself. I think. I think all of us have been there. Like I try every backup plugin until you figure out why it doesn't work for you, and yeah, there's no perfect solution. What about this whole thing? Let's move the let's move the discussion on a little bit. What about the idea of plugins being trustworthy because of the company or the author yeah. that's creating them? You you really were the person that put me onto this. Prior to that, I. I really didn't care too much to look at the about page of a company. I didn't really fuss too much about how long they'd been in business or any of that. But you you definitely gave me thoughts in that direction. And, and since then, there are, I, I won't be naming names and maybe you won't either, but there are certain individuals and companies who, who just have my trust in some way, which is curious yeah. because I don't, I don't know them necessarily, but it's just, their actions and the way that they've supported things or updated things in a timely way. Maybe the blog posts that they've put out and the way that they've marketed things just fits with me well. And I've definitely got things that I prefer because of who's doing it. Yeah, indeed. In some ways, I don't know if this is where I, in a way, when I was thinking about picking, a lot of people want to pick plugins from a trusted company if they've got it from the same source. And and I think we're definitely moving towards that at the moment, aren't we? We've seen so many acquisitions. And yeah, as I was saying about 
or some motif, you know, they changed that plugin because they needed a page builder in their collection. If they wanted everybody to buy their stuff, they almost could give you the full WordPress experience. And we see others like Stella WP, who are, <clears throat> are really almost brought a package together so you could just stick with that one company if you wanted. Um, in some ways, my uh, what I'm into is more is the fact that I would look at the company and see whether they shared the same values as me in terms of uh, sort of web development, you know. So for me, it would be more about whether they were likely to keep it simple and clean in their terms of their output. Do you go rather. and ask these companies these questions? Do you directly get, so before you get really into it and maybe even buy things from them, do you go and ask them these questions? Do you go into the support and lodge no. tickets <laughs> saying those kind of things? Or is it more as general feeling based upon their public posture? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, with people I have trusted, it's because they've written good articles and you get to understand where they're coming from, you know, and these days people go on YouTube and stuff and you get some vibe about what their principles are. Um, and I think that's great. But I think also where that goes wrong is, is the fact that, um, you know, no one, I think, will be going on beyond 10 years and still be right at the front of developing all of these plugins. If they grow and become successful, they have to hand it over to other people and take a step back and do the business and marketing side. Have so, you, yeah. yeah. Have you ever gone against that rule and installed something from a complete unknown? Because I did that fairly recently it was about six months ago i won't go into it but essentially i needed i needed a, a a solution and i found it wasn't on wordpress.org it was in the marketplace somewhere let's put it that way um and i bought it and it just was a complete unmitigated disaster uh oh. it, it kind of did what it was supposed to do but the documentation was terrible the the, the feature list that they promised never got delivered and it really was a bit of a salutary lesson i i had this intention of shortcutting something uh, saving a load <laughs> of time for a few dollars and it, it really didn't work out i mean i'm sure this, the case is probably true in the opposite direction but yeah i should have done my spidey sense test and i looking back i probably did have a, a slight intuition that this wasn't going to work out nothing bad happened it just didn't do what it was supposed to do and things that I expected that it would do, it didn't do. And, it, you know, I, I was kind of a bit misled by the marketing. So have you ever done that? I uh, I mean, often I will install very simple plugins um, that I don't know who they are. I mean, a, an example of that at the moment is one that I've installed, which is called Custom Body Class, a simple plugin that allows you to add uh, custom CSS class to you, your body tags, obviously for your individual pages. So you don't need to use the ID that WordPress gives you if you want to do your own styling. Now, I don't know who that author is. It just seems such a simple plugin that I would take a chance with it, you know? Yeah, I guess it's doing uh, su such a, mind you, you could, you could really down the line if you'd, you, if you'd adopted that and it stops working or some, you know, it never gets yeah. updated and you stop, you, you, a whole site could be really balked by that couldn't <laughs> yeah you would expect because it's uh, i guess it's as you go on and you understand a little bit more about how wordpress works you you can kind of make better judgments on what's likely to be safe and what's unlikely to change about wordpress going forward you know yeah so i'd imagine if that plugin wasn't updated you know for the next 10 years it would probably still work i would guess what why why are you not willing to use the the wordpress post or page id in the body what's is there was there something that you oh, no, just wanted just, it to look nicer just just for my own styling it's okay just easier. <laughs> if, I, if i want to put a custom styling on the about page it's just easier if i've got dot about to do it yes. rather than id four, id five, four eight seven eight two nine one <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 well i'm so sticking just... i'm sticking with the wordpress one I just, yeah i get it i think there's yeah. there's probably a good snippet to be had in um that you could add into wp codebox i'm sure there'll be a snippet line around yeah. somewhere where you could just take the title of the post hyphenate it and have that as the added into yeah. the body classes I'm, i bet there is in fact that's probably exactly what it's doing right 
Yeah. And I, you know, exactly. It was just for a, a quick way of uh, plugging. So there's those kind of things where you realize that really effectively what you're saying there is that plugin is doing nothing more than adding a simple snippet. And there's a, there's a whole range of plugins that fall into that category. They really, you know, they are what a snippet could do. And yes. I think in that case, most of the time I'd kind of trust those. It's the, the bigger ones where a page builder or something is a big decision because if that page builder isn't well supported or just goes in the direction you don't want to go, then you really are kind of stuffed, aren't you, for that site? Yeah. So that's that's interesting. So we're we're really happy to install loads of things that just do one simple thing. Let's flip that completely on its head and do yeah. the what about the one giant plugin? which does everything. So, you know, a, a yeah. perfect example would be, let's say, a page builder. Now, that may be a theme. Forget all that, whether it's a plugin or a theme. Who cares for now? But we mm. we install it, and, and it just does all the things. You know, it's got forms in it. It's got layouts and rows and templates and all these whiz-bang things. And essentially, we can do our entire site with that one thing. And I'm pretty sure that you're trying to move away from that as well. Yeah, I am. But I think, you know, I mean, clearly Elementor is a huge success. And I think it, it to a large extent, it, it gave that promise, didn't it? It was pretty much going to add what you needed. <clears throat> and I think, you know, what most people needed. So there was a good forms builder included. It wasn't in Beaver Builder, my page builder that had different kind of aims. And I think, you know, I've always tried to avoid the all-in-one mega themes and now mega plugins in terms of page builders um, because I, I think I want that individual control over stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, isn't that what most people are looking for when they come to WordPress? I think I think you only have to look at Elementor's success. I mean, I, I don't know if it's still on the um, increase. I don't know what how their market share is working, but it mm. definitely is what a lot of people wanted. And even I think even a lot of pros ended up using Elementor for all the things. And honestly, mm -hmm. I think if you got really good at that one thing, in this case, we're talking about Elementor, you could totally build a career out of your ability to use that tool effectively, quickly, know every possible setting. In the same way that you were such a big user of Beaver Builder, you had a total muscle memory as to where everything yeah. was and you could do things really quickly. I, I, I think... You know, why not? If you're happy that that company is trusted, that it's going to keep going, that it's going to be maintaining its plugin and securing it and updating it and so on, why not? Yeah. Um, if it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's priorities and what you need to deliver to clients. I mean, it speeds up, you know, the, the whole building of a site. Uh, it depends, I mean, whether that works out in the, the very long term. doesn't matter, particularly if, people are used to redesigning every so often it doesn't matter it's going to last you for the years that you need probably and it might be the most you know useful way of going about things i think that there's always the problem isn't it if you do you really buy into the one dependency don't you when well you do that's this. the point yeah. yeah 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 i wonder if that's ever so we mentioned elementor just then didn't we and elementor i feel is in a really interesting and unique position in that it's so big that you'd imagine it's it's unlikely to drop off the production cycle. I imagine they've got lots of staff and can keep that going. But there's definitely been page builders which have come around in the last 10 years, which, you know, lots of marketing fanfare, initial excitement, loads of people <laughs> watch all the videos and start to use it. And then it's dropped off and you never really hear from them again. And in many cases, you kind of wonder, is it even being updated? Is it even being maintained? I don't really know, but that is a concern because all of a sudden you've got 50, 20, 100, I don't know, websites that are using this thing and good grief, it, it's not going to be maintained anymore. They're stopping it. That would be ooh, horrible. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's an impossible situation, I think, for really successful plugins that uh, that attempt to, to deliver kind of almost everything to everybody because the larger they grow, the, the wider and more diverse the requests for new features are. And, you know, what's added, you know, what's popular 
might be very unpopular with other people. So it wasn't long before a lot of the pros using Elementor started saying, you're just adding more stuff that I don't want, stop. <laughs> and other people say, you're just not adding enough. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And I guess also, if if it it doesn't maintain its success, yeah, then, you know, people get laid off. The yeah. ability to maintain what's there starts to dwindle. And yeah, that's a difficult cycle. I, I, I don't have no idea. I, I'm, I'm not sure whether you follow any of these page builders particularly closely anymore. I do anecdotally, but um, yeah. I, I get the impression that that has happened in a few cases. And that's that's really hard for those people that have used it. Do you think, I mean, maybe the same would apply for going for lots of separate plugins from one trusted company or author. Again, you're dependent on that company. Um, yeah, if yeah, that goes on yeah. the same as you would be with one plugin that rules them all or one theme that rules them all. Um, so I, I think that's increased over the time that I've been with WordPress because it used to be a lot more plugins. You know, I mean, I remember when the first commercial plugins came into WordPress, so there wasn't anything before, and I think that's the big change. So previously, the repository was full of lots of uh, kind of one job only plugins yeah, that yeah. didn't change much. So I think that's changed over the years. But the next thing is, and this is where I moved to mostly, which was doing the kind of due diligence and really, really questioning um, when a plugin was necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I say, I, I now am mostly... I obviously I tripped up I gave an example a minute ago where I just didn't really do that because I it was very shiny and it did exactly what I wanted but it didn't work <laughs> out I, I mostly do do that now I go and look at the about us page I check it all out and make sure that this this plugin has you know it's being actively supported I can see that there's a support channel if I send in a ticket it gets answered quickly yes I confess I don't use this WP hive thing that you were mentioning i'll link to that in the show notes for anybody that's interested mm. but that does seem like a tool that i should start using but i have kind of got to the point because i'm not really doing too much in the way of client websites anymore i'm, I'm it's me for me it, most of my plugin requirements are just it's what what i'm curious about you know if i hear about something which is new and interesting and fancy then i'll go and explore it but it's not me on the lookout for something that a client wants much anymore yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, I'm faced with the, as I mentioned, I think last time that I've got clients who haven't updated their sites. They've not wanted to change the design or anything about it eight years on. And now we're reaching the point where a lot of plugins are starting to disappear that, you know, their site was built on you. No one, I guess, expected them to be going on to the sort of eight-year period. But uh, so now I'm. Uh, it's made me even more cautious about what I depend on and setting expectations. But if you're, if it's just your own project, you know, you you, it's kind of you. You take the responsibility. It's fine. You don't have to worry about those that's, issues. That's do you? exactly the difference, isn't it? You you can just yeah. put anything you like on there, and you know, it's up to you to clean it up if it goes wrong and if it works out great yeah yeah there's a there is a big difference there with your eight-year-old sites when you update them do you have to do sort of retraining and things then so the you know the, the ui that they were used to and the features that they were used to and you know you click on this link and it takes you to the settings for this particular thing you've obviously you're ripping some of those plugins out and replacing them with maybe similar functionality or a snippet do you have to spend quite a lot of time with your clients retraining them no. Oh, great. great. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, it was, uh, so far I haven't been faced with a situation where their experience or what they do, how they add content has changed radically for them. Right. Um, so that's been okay. And in fact, this is another key thing that we, we didn't put in our notes there. Plugin strategies, it really does depend on what that plugin does because it's quite it's been quite easy for me to swap out SEO plugins, backup plugins, uh, without the client ever knowing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So yeah. I think, you know, it's really where the big problem becomes really is when you've you're dependent on a theme and you have to swap that out, that becomes quite a job for you, particularly if you've got custom CSS, because you really have to rebuild it. Or if it's a page builder, I think they're the only two situations where, for me, at least the 
that only those two situations are the client affected. The theme would have to be replaced. They, it wouldn't affect them and their experience in most cases, but it would cost them for me to do it. And if we had to change something about the UI with a page builder, of course, then they would need some training. But so far, that's not been the case. Ah, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Let's shift it. Let's shift it up a, a gear or down. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So you've written here. Why don't you just make your own plugins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody uh, should do that. How I wish. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I, have you made your own plugins? No, all? not. I mean, I experimented with that kind of stuff back in the day, but it it was basically just to see whether I could create a plugin that worked and yeah. did it did it do what it was supposed to do i can't even remember what it was but it was a bit like your wp code box it was a snippet essentially you know to, to mm, achieve yeah. one thing and no no i i fear that i'm dangerous with php and it would be something that i i think looking back maybe i wish i'd have got more into that side of things but I never did. I think the whole nature of the client f throughput meant that I never really had time to concentrate on that because I was always, you know, working to please the client and get things done quickly so that I could move on to the next project. So never really had time. It's a bit of an excuse, I know, but never made the time to learn PHP, JavaScript, whatever, yeah. well enough to do it. So no, the answer's a basic no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I like the skills. I mean, I have made some very basic plugins. Um, so, and, th and that's it. Pretty much the same as you. Um, I couldn't make anything more clever. But there is a good argument. I mean, obviously, I've, I use WP Codebox, and effectively, that is working the same as adding in lots of home-built plugins. But there is something in that, isn't there, the idea that you, you should add this functionality in via plugins um because you've got that collection you can you know if you've got your own simple ones you control it you can just add them in as you need them on the project that you're working on with. yeah I, honestly um, I, if i could achieve that a bit long in the tooth now i think this is something i would if i could rewind the clock i definitely would learn how to do that kind of thing better um and again i don't think i would ever have tr attempted something truly difficult it would have just been a simple thing but you're right, yeah. you know, you can store it away somewhere, you know, even upload it to the WordPress.org repo if you're that way inclined and and then use it time and time again. Yeah. And I think it, I think when WordPress was invented and plugins were put in there, I, I, the initial idea was just this, you know, kind of simple snippet-like functionality that you would add in through plugins. So, you know, when you come to this kind of bragging rights business with how many plugins do you have, you know, somebody who really does know how to do that and goes back to those early days where you every bit of functionality is added via a plugin it'd be you'd be quite happy to say you know i run 100 plugins and all of my themes and i have the best performance out there you know yes uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it'd be evidence of good a uh, good practice i think yeah a lot of people are big fans of put everything into a plugin and add it into the system as you need it. I would, yeah, I wish I'd, I wish I had the capability. There, there are so many little things that I would like to be able to achieve on a daily basis. I, I find something and I think, ah, oh, I wish, I wish it did that. But I, like, like I say, I never, never make the time to investigate how to do it properly. So honestly, I, I can't complain because <laughs> it's, it's on my shoulders, isn't it? I didn't bother. The other thing about the um, the whole bragging rights with the, you know, I use very few plugins argument, you know, is often what's missing is the fact that maybe they've got uh, WooCommerce or something with 30 extensions, which aren't called plugins, or they've got a big mega theme, which is doing what a plugin would do anyway. That's true, actually. Quite a lot of the themes that I've seen recently and played with you know, you go in and it's it's a theme, but you you go into their settings area and there's maybe a dozen, 20, possibly 30 yeah. different things that you can enable and disable. And they bring features, functionality. It's not it's not present. It's not a presentational thing. It's not about changing colors or, you know, what, what have you. It's, it's literally adding things, which in many ways, I think are the domain of 
plugins. It's adding features, ways to do things, being able to put things on the page. And yeah, you're right. That's true. You might have absolutely no plugins at all, but you've got this giant theme, which is doing a billion different things. Yeah, it's a good point. And I, I'm definitely moving into, as I've, I, I've created my own theme, which is very simple um, for my static site generation. And um, now I'm absolutely stuck. And I think there's an episode in this um, to when to use a theme, when to put functionality into a theme and when to put it into a plugin. Yeah, I guess the argument's always been if it's presentation, it's the theme. If it's functionality, yeah. it's a plugin. But like... It's pretty clear that there's a lot, of, a lot of people who don't don't subscribe to that because, you know, they want to shift one product and they want to have features in it. So it's the theme to put it all in the theme, and you've got other things. So a good example would be page builders, right? There's a whole load of page yeah. builders which are a plugin, and there's also yeah. a whole load of page builders which are a theme. I mean, it's ostensibly they're doing the same thing. I guess it was just a contrivance back in the day to to call them these two different things but there's definitely a lot of people who overlap i mean some things are clearly going to be plugins because they you know it would be stupid to say that they were a theme you know there's a whole like wp code box for example you know you're never going to have that as a theme it's a plugin it's adding functionality but there is definitely an overlap those those sites back in the day you could get those themes off code canyon and they did absolutely everything and yeah. it was all a theme. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess you've just got to figure out where, where the boundary lies for yourself. Do you think um, the, the, the market is changing? Um, and does that, um, if we're trying to work out a, a strategy for plugins, do we need to you know, think about how things have changed? Because they certainly have, I think. I think Gutenberg has reduced the need for a lot of third-party plugins and and themes. So that's shifting, I think. Yeah, this is a really interesting thing, isn't it? You know, the idea that the, the, the core of WordPress can do a lot more than it could do five years ago. You know, whether you like that or you don't like that is mm. not really what we're talking about. It's the fact that it does. So now um, you may not wish to use it, but now you've got, essentially a page builder you can do that use the site editor to edit your menus and to you know edit the headers and footers and create template and template parts and all of these kind of things yeah it's interesting because i do five years ago when gutenberg was still being talked about I do remember yep. that there was a lot of debate like, oh, it's going to kill page borders. No, it won't. Don't worry about it. It, it really hasn't turned out that way, has it? You know, a lot of these page yeah. builders are still thriving and selling many, many licenses into the marketplace because a lot of people don't want to use Gutenberg to do that kind of thing. Um, so, um, yeah, but as time goes on, lots of the functionality, you know, the ability to create, a, I don't know, a query loop to show different arrangements of posts and put different Mm. categories out there all of that's now inside of wordpress core it does make Mm. me wonder you know does that put a lot of these plugins out of use are they going to fail stop being used by people and therefore present security risks because they don't get updated i don't know yeah i mean i think i think it's the only way for (laughs) Now that Gutenberg is here, I think the only way forward, and I think a lot of that is to, you know, to be a good competitor to the likes of Wix and Squarespace. But the only way it can be a good competitor to those is that what they have in terms of the advantages, control over the system, the entire system. So if Gutenberg is taking us more towards doing everything in a more page builder like way, then becomes the issue of, well, the third-party plugins, they also have to be in line with Core, else otherwise the system can't adapt in the way that Wix right. could because right. it could change everything overnight. No one's affected. But, you know, and I think this is the move with the... Uh, it's been acknowledged, doesn't it, with um, uh, with Matt Mullenweg talking about it and proposing the canon- canonical uh, plugins, you know, yep. ones that follow Core. And I think I, I, I see that being the direction I see uh, there'll be a lot more um, advice saying try and stick with just the core products or stick with 
these these plugins that are aligned with the direction of of uh, core WordPress well, that will be the easier route. Yeah, it's quite interesting because the language that seems to be coming out of um, automatic seems to be a little bit more forthright than that. It, so it's not described as um, well. I, I'll just I'll just read it. Basically, they're talking about reducing the need mm-hmm. for third-party plugins. So it's an, it's it's an actual shift to saying, look, s- stop using them. It, that, that seems to be the, the way. So, you know, you've got people encouraging people to try the site editor, try to build sites without yeah. using third-party plugins, try to accomplish your goals with that. And that's interesting because that's kind of disruptive to those people who've got plugins which overlap in functionality. I, I wonder how they view that kind of language, whether they view it as a bit incendiary or not. Yeah, and it's tricky. I mean, I remember watching a video that was advertising WordPress.com and, it, and effectively it was contrasting page builders with Gutenberg and the argument was this is always going to stick around and it'll be, you know, stick within the one system that is WordPress, you know, rather than go to third parties. But <laughs> so, you, you know, that it's going to go that direction and it's sensible isn't it in a way for wordpress now it has got gutenberg and now it has become much more like a page builder and will appeal to those it seems the only direction it could go is to encourage only use with plugins that will stick strictly with it Mm. but then contrasting that we have all of these big um acquisitions that are going for big companies like wp engine stellar wp or submotive who are now building up, acquiring these plugins to offer this complete package as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's been definitely a lot of, co- um, well, buying <laughs> up acquisition and, and shoring up their offering. That's right. And it, it's just fascinating, isn't it? Because it's... Uh, I- because there is this kind of odd mix in WordPress, which I guess has always been there, this competition and cooperations, because many of these companies will be contributing to core as well. So, you know, they are competitors, but they kind of have to cooperate with each yeah. other. So, yeah. But I, the interesting thing for me is that what I feel the squeeze on, what I've always liked is the independent developer who makes the plugin that does a very simple job and is lightweight. And I feel they might be squeezed a bit. In oh, this. yeah, d- definitely. Well, I suppose where it overlaps with yeah. what is going inside the the Gutenberg project. I guess if there's an overlap there, then it is quite likely. Having said that, you know, the, the core offering is is fairly, how to describe it? it it's fairly minimal. So yeah. a, a good example here would be, I know you can achieve an awful lot with uh, grouping blocks and so on inside of core, but then you've got something like, I don't know, generate blocks, which... In in yeah. theory, there's a complete overlap there that you know you should be able to do it with whatever generate blocks can do. You should be able to do that with with core, but generate blocks has just made it so seamlessly easy. It seems a real win to buy that product and and keep using it. So even even when there's overlap, you can you can definitely be a superior offering in the marketplace and and have a have a monetizable product. Mm. I mean, definitely my pl- uh, because of these forces, if you like, uh, the, the fact that we've got these kind of mega companies who are putting plugins together for a whole package with them, it seems sensible to pick one of those and jump on board with it because mm. it might make it easier than perhaps native WordPress as it presently is. Yeah, but and then we cycle back co- to the conversation we had a minute ago about whether they'll stay in business or not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and then, you know, WordPress is... Uh, although it's heading in a direction that makes it more um, user-friendly than it used to be to a DIY user, but I don't know if it m- matches me. So I, it's definitely pushed me much more into, you know, closer to working on my own theme and trying to create my own plugins more because I, I'm not sure if either of these two options would WordPress. Okay. You know, I, yeah, so. you've got a thing here which is in our show notes you've put essentials not in court i think we should leave that for another episode okay i think that could be a standalone episode all by itself so i, w- I won't i won't outline what's what you've written under there but i think that could be a a, th- a thinking the unthinkable episode for the future uh having besides that we're on to 47 minutes here so we should uh we should yeah. probably knock this one on the head what do you think 
Indeed. And we don't know what we're doing next time. So no, again, we'll, another we'll decide that when I click the stop record button. But in a couple of weeks, we'll be back with a different episode. Thinking the unthinkable. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. David. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Very nice to chat with David Wormsley about this slightly comical topic. What is the correct number of plugins? Is there a correct number? Do you try to expunge as many plugins as you possibly can and keep it lean? If you've got any comments, please head over to wpbuilds.com, search for episode number 323 and leave us a comment there. Alternatively, you can join our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. Leave us a comment there. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP Builds. And we really do thank GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP Builds podcast. We'll be back next week. It'll be an interview episode on Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss any episodes. But we'll also be back on Monday for our This Week in WordPress show. Join us live, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. But it'll come repackaged as a podcast episode the very next day, including video if you like that as well. So that's all that we've got for you this week. I hope that you stay safe. Have a good week. Here comes some solo cheesy music. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>